Welcome to the Conscious Clinician Podcast. We have honest conversations about the triumphs and challenges of pelvic health physical therapy. Each week, we bring you inspiration and practical tips to thrive in your work. And now, here's your hosts, Dr. Monica Stefanovich and Dr. Sammy Steele. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hey, Sammy. Hey, Monica. So this morning, I want to tell a little story about when I was in residency and in mentoring with Monica. I had just gone through a new module about something. It's funny, at this time, I can't even remember what, but I got back to the clinic and I felt like after I had gone through all this new information in the module and learned all of these new skills and ideas of things to try with patients, all of a sudden, all of these time management things that I had been getting a better hold on were out the window. I just got back and was like, oh my gosh, I can't keep on time with people. I feel awkward in the sessions. What happened? And I remember at this point, Monica introduced this concept to me of PT growth spurts. And I'm going to let her explain a little bit more about what that is. Oh, Sammy, I I don't remember the specifics of that day either, but I do remember that was the first time I called it a growth spurt. And I was watching you and I was seeing myself, so much of myself. And I was like, I've been here. And it's cool because I'm observing you. So I have a different perspective of it, right? I'm not thinking, oh, I don't know enough. And why am I late? I'm looking at you and I'm saying, why is there a change in performance with her here? You know, because she was doing well a little bit ago and then something happened. And what's the common theme? As a mentor, we're always looking for the common theme, the one big takeaway. And I realized you're in a growth spurt. You are trying something new and you're practicing your integration. And just like any growth spurt, it's a little awkward and your clothes don't quite fit and (laughs) you feel like you don't know what you're doing and it's going to take a little bit of time just to go through it. So we realized after talking about this that growth spurts can happen anytime we're integrating new information into our current clinical practice because you have these established habits no matter how new you are. And as you're trying to add something on top of it, you essentially have to disassemble what you currently do to figure out where this new piece comes in. So let's use motivational interviewing, for example, right? You go to a course, you read a book, maybe you even listen to our episode about it, and you think, yes, I'm going to do this with my patient, right? And you get in front of this person and the rubber meets the road and you're like okay ho- hold on what when do i <laughs> when do i ask these open ended questions maybe you ask so many of them that you don't get the close ended questions in that help you rule out your red flags help you get the specifics of what happened and so you're not as efficient in the session that is one of the first signs that you're in a growth spurt is you're not as efficient you're not getting as much done and you feel much more uncertain. I think when we feel certain, we're probably in a state where we've integrated the information or we understand the information well enough. If you can teach it, you know it. If you can't teach it, you don't know it. And I think that's the fundamental crux of a growth spurt. Yeah. I feel like the uncertainty is what really comes up for me with these growth spurts too, is you go in and all of a sudden you're questioning everything that you did before with these type of patients. 
Was I doing the right thing? How much of the old stuff do I keep? How much of the new stuff do I integrate? And trying to keep the old and add the new also leads to really poor time management because then you're like doubling what you're doing in the session and it just doesn't work. Like you got to find a balance between what do I keep from before? You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but also trying to take in that new information and like you say, integrate it and not just add it. So Sammy, what helped you start to integrate or start to find that balance of keeping and letting go? I think for me, it's practice. I mean, I think we really need to make sure that the first time that we are practicing something is not on a patient. So sometimes I'll just practice it on my husband or practice it even out loud and find a way to explain, you know, maybe there's a new concept that I learned or a new patient education point that I learned about. And trying to practice how do I explain that in a way that feels true to me and my ideas about things. Because if I go to a course and they have maybe a really biomechanical or nocebic approach and I try to explain that, it's not going to jive with my treatment philosophy. So I need to find a way to explain things that make sense to me as a provider and in a way that I think is best for my patients and practice it several times with hopefully some feedback so that this person in front of you, like my husband, who's not a PT, can be like, that made no sense to me. Yeah. Like, what does that mean when you say this or that? Like, can you explain it differently? And that way I know where the sticking points are. So I think that's helped a lot. How about for you? Practice, for sure. For me, it's writing things out because if I can write it, I can then see where I'm going wrong. But practicing with another person or hearing the way they explain it and then using my own words, right? Because if I try to use somebody else's words, even if it's a concept I believe in, it doesn't come off well. So I need to find that. But I'll add another point, which is I make sure to lead with the new thing from lots of trial and error. I've totally been there where you're like, okay, I'm going to add this new treatment, whether it's a manual technique or a different explanation, and you save it for last, right? You like do everything (laughs) you would normally do. (laughs) Yeah. You do everything you would normally do. And then you're like, okay, new thing. And yeah. And then you run over because turns out the new thing is harder for you to set up. Like the first time you do biofeedback, right? Like you can't do 20 minutes of exercise and then try to set up biofeedback with your patient. I mean, you can, but it's going to be so much more stressful on you. And for me, it just takes longer. It takes longer those first few times. And, you know, then if I'm running late, now I'm stressed and I'm stressed for the next person. And the one other thing I can think of is start new approaches with new patients. Hmm. So that means like, obviously, if you learn about something and you're like, oh, crap, I have to do this or else I'm providing subpar care, you should do that with an existing patient. But what I mean is like, motivational interviewing, for example. If you are six visits in with someone and have never used motivational interviewing and have a good relationship, they're getting better, they're making progress towards their goals, I'm not sure that trying to do a 180 on their plan of care and get all open-ended is the way to go. And that's okay if they're progressing and maybe you just sprinkle it in. But what you can do is with your new evaluations, start that type of approach, right? Or that's where you start leading with your biopsychosocial explanation and you really get the practice of that. 
I, I totally agree with that. I feel like there's so much motivation after you take a course or you learn a new skill to want to do it 100%. Like, I'm going to do it all the way. If I learn motivational interviewing, like, I'm going to do the motivational interviewing. But I think for me, too, just taking a step back and giving myself permission to, like you say, sprinkle it in and do little bits of it here and there, it helps you to integrate it into your current practice much more seamlessly than if you're trying to do a 180. Because doing a 180 is going to make you feel so discombobulated, so tired. It's just not going to be something where you're operating at your best if you're completely revamping everything about how you do your job. Like that's just not realistic for anybody. So when you're learning a new skill, just like do it in little chunks. It's okay. I think the other thing I would say about PT growth spurts is that when you're in a PT growth spurt, it's okay to have periods where you're coasting in between. And Mm. I'll give an example from my own life. So after residency, my brain was so full. Like so, so full. I got done with residency in August, started studying for the WCS in October, was still learning tons and tons of new stuff all the way from October until March when I took the WCS exam. And by the time that spring rolled around, I didn't want to learn anything new. My brain was too full. Like I was still integrating it at that point in time, still referencing my old modules from residency, still trying to incorporate all of these things that I had learned. I think it would have been a mistake for me to take more classes at that point. And I didn't. I was like, I just can't. I just cannot go to a Herman and Wallace course. I cannot go to an APTA course. I don't want to take anything on MedBridge. I just don't want to do it. And at the time, I felt really guilty because I'm like, oh, I always got to be doing new stuff. I got to be continuing to learn. Why don't I want to learn? I had that narrative in my head for a little while. And now that I'm looking back on that time, I'm realizing that I just needed some time to integrate. Now it's been, you know, from March to November. So I've had a good chunk of time where I really have just been kind of coasting and integrating. And now I start to find myself a little bit interested in taking some courses and starting to seek that stuff out. So I think it comes in ebbs and flows too. That would be my other thing that I would say is you you cannot be in a growth spurt all the time or you're going to get burned out. Definitely. Absolutely. And you were really in one long growth spurt. I don't even know that you were coasting until after the WCS. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I did the same thing after residency. Like, I did not want to look at a single CEU course, especially while studying for the WCS, because it felt like I was constantly reading new articles, going back through my notes, reading additional book chapters. So, it's okay to get settled with what you're doing. I think that you will be prompted towards another growth spurt. In my experience, either you'll become interested in something or something is going to stall in your current practice. And you're going to be like, I have these five pelvic pain patients with constipation and I just cannot help them. And that's your signal that you're ready to enter into, like you actually need a growth spurt to help you. So I do think if you're paying attention and you're being a conscious clinician, you're being aware, seeing your patterns, you will get pulled into it and you just need to enjoy the time when you're like, dang, I feel like I know what I'm doing. My spiels are good. I'm connecting well with patients. Most of them are getting better, you know, and you'll always be invited into an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to reflect your growth spurt may even be integrating some of the emotional intelligence pieces we talked about. I mean, it doesn't have to be an actual clinical technique. It can be 
integrating your self-awareness, practicing regulating your own emotions in a session, practicing trauma-informed care. I mean, it might be these more general soft skills that also trigger growth spurt. It's not always how do you perform manual therapy or prescribe exercise. And that's the part I didn't expect. Like I Mm -hmm. knew, I, I think as we talk about it, I'm just realizing I knew that I would need to practice those other things and they would be hard, but I didn't realize fundamentally changing my approach to PT to be collaborative with the patient. Like even that is a growth spurt. Huge, huge growth spurt. Yeah, totally. So there you go. You're going to have growth spurts no matter what you do. You're going to have growth spurts in life too. I mean, even if you're not physically growing any bigger, I think we're constantly going through emotional and mental growth spurts. Yeah. And there's no shame in it. You know, I think that the final point that we need to touch on here is having compassion for yourself during that time. Mm. Like, We are all going through growth spurts. None of us know everything. When we learn something new, it's going to take a little bit of time for us to figure out how that fits with what we're doing. So when you're in those, I think it's so helpful to see them for what they are. And if you can keep the term growth spurt in your mind, I think that's such a friendly term too. You know, it's like, we all go through growth spurts. It's something kids go through. It's not a bad thing. And so I think if we can take a step back and realize that that is what it is, it's so much easier to be like, okay, I'm just in a growth spurt. I'm going to be kind to myself during this time. I'm not going to try to do all of the things in all of the sessions and you'll get through it as we all do. Absolutely. I love that final point, Sammy. It's so easy to be hard on ourselves and so easy to think that we should know everything and we should have been doing all these different things. But the clinicians you look up to have had many, many gross births (laughs) to get to where they are. I can promise I would bet all of my money on that. They have had gross births to get to where they are. They all have their own stories, but we don't see that behind the scenes. We just see the Instagram, you know, the fame or their great presence, their ability to explain all these things. It's like they went through the same stuff and they're probably still going through growth spurts. Awesome. Well, stay conscious, everyone. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let's keep the conversation going on Instagram at The Conscious Clinician and Facebook backslash The Conscious Clinician. Links are in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review for the podcast to grow our community. Stay conscious, everyone.